with Custodians of the Planet. Custodians of the Planet brings consciousness to environmental issues and looks at different perspectives regarding the tensions and harmony of human activities in a changing climate. In Sydney, nowadays we wake up to the orange sky and we see many people wearing masks in the streets. As we look back upon the past year, these bushfires or wildfires happened all around the world. For example, there was a Kincaid fire in Northern California, Getty fire in Southern California, and more than 140 fires burned and continues to burning in New South Wales. Bushfires are not new, but the increased frequency of these fires indicating our climate is becoming unbalanced. So, this episode has a different structure. We talked about Amazon fires, and actually, we had this interview a few months ago, but I thought it's, it's a good time to use it, considering the bushfires in Sydney or in the, all in Queensland. So, we talked to Carlos Nobre, who is in Sao Paulo in Brazil, and due to the time difference between us, we couldn't schedule a phone call. And then, and then he offered me to record the answers. That was really nice of him. Thank you for, for that, Carlos. Really appreciate it. So the interview might sound a bit stagnant, but I think his answers are really valuable. So it's definitely worth the listen. First, I will ask the questions as usual. And then there will be his answers. Just a few things before we start. Um, just heads up. Um, the sound quality of this episode is not really good. So sorry for that. Secondly, there will be an upcoming episode about bushfires in New South Wales in Queensland. So stay tuned. Let me introduce Carlos. Carlos Nobre is a climate scientist recognized for his work on biosphere and atmosphere interactions and climate impacts of Amazon deforestation. He is known particularly for his studies on the risk of savanization of the Amazon forest due to deforestation and climate change. To begin with, Amazon is a rainforest and as far as I know, rainforests are usually wet. How often are there natural fires in the Amazon? And regarding Australia, nowadays what really struck me the most was rainforest burned in Queensland. So can you please tell us how can this happen? Wet tropical forests such as the Amazon forest are quite resilient to natural wildfires due to the high level of humidity of the near forest floor biomass. They have dense canopies and on average only 4% of the solar radiation reaching the upper canopy reaches the ground. Most of the lightning ignited fires have a short lifespan and do not propagate long distances, such as in dry savannas or in mid-latitude forests in conditions of drought or strong winds, for instance California fires. However, the Amazon forest is increasingly becoming more vulnerable to fires because the dry season importance of it is becoming lengthier and warmer. However, the main driver of such augmented vulnerability to fire is forest degradation by humans. 
illegal logging of timber opens narrow roads under the canopy. Those roads are the beginning of a process of forest degradation that removes trees, makes solar radiation to reach the forest floor, making debris and biomass drier and more flammable. In particular, forests surrounding clear areas for grazing land and croplands become increasingly degraded more vulnerable to fires that originate in the clear areas. The vast majority of fires detected by satellites are either fires to clear debris of pasture-land or cropland, or recently clear-cut forests to open new areas for cattle ranches of, or farms. The latter are the fires that burn vast amounts of biomass, creating smoke plumes, very dense in pollution gases and particulates, a health hazard to millions of people breathing that air. Yeah, as you said, the droughts and the winds just made things worse in here. And we had a really long dry season as well. Speaking of health, I'm sure most of the Sydney listeners would agree with me. The smoke was terrible for the last few weeks in Sydney. And the air quality is still quite worrying. Bushfires create a health concern for humans, but I'm also very concerned about wildlife. In Australia, there's a little or maybe no mention of wildlife that has been affected. After Amazon fire, are there any studies to assess the damage to species? Of course, considering that the tropical forest evolved over tens of millions of years without the constant occurrence of fires, it's very likely that increase of frequency of fires may have severe effects on many aspects, including biodiversity. Needless to say, that fire increases the mortality rate of species that are typical of wet forests. Researcher Paulo Brando from the IPAN Amazon Research Institute of Brazil has conducted ex experiments of controlled fire in forest plots. He concluded that the mortality rate of trees increase three times in comparison to control plots without fires. Hmm. Are there any other impacts of these fires? Of course, there is a large release of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. One hectare of Amazon tropical forest has about 120 tons of carbon. After an area is deforested and burned in its totality, to clear the forest area of all forest debris may take more than one dry season. Usually, fire is set in two or three consecutive years during the dry season to fully remove forest remains. That means about 450 tons of carbon dioxide per hectare, increasing content of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and, of course, contribute to global warming. Smoke plumes are a serious health hazard for millions of people living in the Amazon and also inhabitants of many countries that live under the trajectory of the smoke plumes south of the Amazon. Last but not least, large and intense fires to burn fell trees usually propagate to forest areas in the vicinity of the deforest area under fire. This is a major factor in creating new degraded areas that are increasingly vulnerable to fires. Yeah, it sounds like a vicious cycle. You mentioned about the health impacts who live in the Amazon. 
And it just made me think about, I mean, despite the fires were close to Sydney, wasn't really close, and we got affected really bad. So I wonder what happened to communities. Indigenous tribes have been living there for a while. What's their comment? What do they say? Indigenous communities all over the Amazon are being pressed by this mode of agribusiness development that pushes deforestation into the heart of the forest. There is also illegal grabbing of indigenous territories by the criminal land grabbers. Historically, as it happened to all Aboriginal populations across the world, they have been chased, killed and thrown out of their original land. There is no difference in the Amazon. However, since the new Brazilian constitution of 1988, indigenous rights to their original territories have been recognized and land demarcation started at a large scale. Unfortunately, the current government of Brazil stated that no one square meter of demarcated indigenous land will be done during his term as president. That has sent a very perverse sign to land squatters to move on over public lands and indigenous territories. Yeah, it is, it is really frustrating. Let's talk a bit about management. So what has changed and what kind of measures have been taken after this heartbreaking fire? And also this could be a roadmap for Australia. After the uptick of deforestation and fire starting June 2019, peaking in August, Brazil's federal government took measures at the end of that month to reduce the number of fires. Firstly, it declared any fire in the Amazon biome to be illegal up to the end of October. Secondly, it created a special fire squad of 4,000 military personnel to put out fires. That apparently had a positive impact. The number of fires in the Amazon decreased in September and October in comparison with the same month of 2018. That also brought positive impacts in reducing the health hazard of air pollution. On the other hand, deforestation rates continued to accelerate during September and October even through the number of fires got reduced. Yeah, it's interesting. Can you tell us about the trend of deforestation in Amazon? What are the causes of deforestation? Trends in deforestation in 2019 are about double of those of last year and the highest since 2010. The main driver of deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon is a push of the commodities frontier into the forest. That's also true to Bolivian Amazon. That is mostly to open up new areas for cattle ranches. Since 2006, there has been a moderately successful moratorium on expansion of soy croplands in the Brazilian Amazon. Therefore, the main driver is cattle ranching. The mechanisms of deforestation are somewhat more complex. In most cases, it all starts with illegal logging of timber. To carry that out, narrow roads are opened up under the canopy to move the logged timber. Those roads function as trails for gradually increased deforestation. After a few years of tree removals, then there is a full forest clearing and establishment of a, an illegally created cattle ranch. The main cause of is land possession, frankly, 
by environmental criminals. Over 90% of deforestation in 2019 in the Brazilian Amazon is illegal, and 40% of the illegally deforested areas were public lands, conservation units, or indigenous territories taken by land grabbers. I love when you said land grabbers. That's a good word. And you mentioned illegal activities and environmental criminals. What is the role of politics in deforestation in this respect? And what is the approach of Brazil's president, Bolsonaro? The Brazilian president has defended for decades before becoming the president as a House member of Brazilian Congress the mode of development of pushing the commodities frontier of cattle and grains and also mining and infrastructure. As president, he's just implementing his beliefs that trees have no intrinsic value and must disappear to be replaced by traditional agribusiness and mining. The push of the conservative agribusiness in Brazil towards its expansionist agriculture into the Amazon did not start this year. However, it met with a president that openly favors those policies. Initially, he came into power strongly criticizing the environmental law enforcement agencies and promising to curtail their law enforcement power and responsibilities. That was interpreted by the organized land grabbing criminals as green light to move on and grab more land, increase deforestation and fires. Only after the global outcry about the Amazon since the end of July, he made a pronouncement saying that there will be zero tolerance by his government against environmental crime in the Amazon and moved on to send the army to put out fires. However, deforestation rates continued to increase tremendously in the last three months, September, October, uh, and August as well. It seems that the environmental criminals continue to push deforestation and ignore his zero tolerance to environmental crime speech. In Brazilian Congress, the powerful rural bloc pushes continuously for policy changes that, on one hand, pardon all illegally deforested areas of the past in, in all of Brazil, and on the other hand, to make it much more flexible the current force act to allow further deforestation in the Amazon. Bolsonaro, wow. All these nasties, cattle, mining and infrastructure. In, in Australia, I mean, we have people who brings a chunk of coal into parliament, but this is another level. And it's, it's terrifying. So your research says if deforestation continues, Amazon may turn to a savannah. And I can't even anticipate the impacts. Could you tell us what would be the consequences? The global impact would be the release of more than 200 billion tons of carbon dioxide, reducing even more the likelihood of meeting the Climate Convention's Paris Agreement targets of keeping global warming below 2 degrees Celsius, or even better, 1.5 degrees Celsius. There will be also tremendous impacts on biodiversity since the Amazon forest holds tens of thousands of endemic species. Many of those are likely to become extinct. 
The Amazon force interacts with the rainfall systems and it is very efficient mechanism for water recycling. Without the forest, it's very likely that the rainfall over the Amazon basin would be reduced by 15 to 25 percent, affecting climate stability of the tropical region of South America, but also perhaps affecting rainfall in distant regions. Tropical forests cool the atmosphere because they utilize most of the available radiative energy for water evapotranspiration. Without the forest, a large fraction of the available radiative energy would heat the air and the temperature could rise 2 to 3 degrees Celsius on average. Daily maximum temperatures could go up 4 to 5 degrees Celsius, affecting human and animal health and agricultural production as well. If the airflow that exits the Amazon to the south would be warmer, it would also affect the tropical savanna biome to the south and affecting agricultural production in that area as well. Unfortunately, we are closer to a tipping point of savannization of parts of the Amazon than that we would like. Total deforestation in the Amazon basin has reached 17% and it is increasing 1% every four years at current deforestation rates. If it exceeds 20 to 25% of the area of forest in the basin, the forest climate system would tip irreversibly to a new equilibrium state in which 50 to 70% of the forest would turn into a degraded tropical savanna. At the current rates of deforestation, that would take between 15 and 30 years. In sum, we are dangerously close to the cliff. We must drive deforestation to zero in less than 10 years and restore tens of millions of hectares of forest to move the risk of tipping point away. Oh, wow. You're saying with the current rates of deforestation, that will take 15, 30 years, and that's nothing. It's, that's like tomorrow. I mean, how interesting and like how amazing the, the role of forests and the benefits, because as just you said, if the deforestation continues, there will be more than 200 billion tons, right, of carbon dioxide. And these forests are home to thousands of species. It stables the climate and also keeps that radiative energy that would heat the air and the temperature. And yet, Bolsonaro doesn't think it's important at all. That's that's crazy. So it seems the current policies and regulations are not really effective. If you were the president, what would you do to protect Amazon? And what kind of measures you would take as a climate scientist? A president really concerned with the well-being of Brazilians and the well-being of Earth inhabitants, and also with protecting life on the planet, would radically change development policy towards the Amazon. He or she should move away from the old-style commodities frontier endless expansion over the pristine forest to an innovative bioeconomy of forest standing and flowing rivers. The economic value of the standing forest with just a few of its products which have reached global markets, for instance, acai berry, cocoa, Brazil nuts, 
is greatly superior per unit area in comparison to timber, soy or meat. And it benefits a much larger number of families who have their income leverage and also their well-being. I have been proposing a new idea that's to bring modern technologies of the fourth industrial revolution to bear as key elements of a standing force bioeconomy in a project called Amazonia 4.0 www.amazonia4.0.org.br It's a model of bioindustrialization of the immense potential of the tropical biodiversity by harnessing the biological and biomimetic assets of the forest. Sounds like an innovative project. If any of our listeners would like to find out more, they can go amazonia4.0.org.br Excuse my accent. Um, and otherwise, you can just Google Amazonia 4.0. My last question is, what can we do as individuals to stop deforestation in Amazon? One simple attitude an individual can have is to exert his or her power if every person consuming goods from the Amazon, for instance, meat or animal protein fed with animal feeds such as soy, grains coming from that region, would rigorously demand the traceability of those products to make sure they do not come from the forest areas. That would cause a significant drop in the illegal deforestation, which is the vast majority of land use change in the Amazon. At the same time, people in democratic countries must feel free to protest openly through all means, including social media, against Amazon deforestation, or more broadly, against deforestation of all tropical forests. That would also have a profound impact in driving deforestation to zero and supporting forest restoration. Yeah, our individual purchasing power and our choices, especially in the age of globalization, the things we buy, consume, either directly or indirectly affect Amazon's rainforests or other vulnerable ecosystems. So we should be a bit more conscious about what we buy, what we eat. Like we should also check if there's palm oil in it, for example, or just like other things. Carlos Nobre is a climate scientist in Sao Paulo. And Carlos, thank you so much for recording all these answers. Really appreciate it. Custodians of the Planet is an independent and freely available media program and relies entirely on contributions from listeners. If you appreciate what we do and would like to support us, there are a few ways to do so. Start a conversation with your friends and colleagues and be part of the change. Share a link to our podcasts on social media. 
22-hour podcast. Each episode is the product of hours of on-location audio recording, editing, research, scheduling, and music composition. Just $10, a couple of coffees will sustain the hours of labor that go into producing each episode and ensure custodians of the planet is an ongoing series. Thank you for your support. For this episode, I'd like to say special thanks to Rachel Raymond for editing the scripts and Chris Schofortis for his technical support. The song is Amazonia by the Three Fairies. I'm Denise Yildiz and thank you for listening. <laughs>